Hey, good day, everyone. This is Scott, and uh, you're listening to Seriously, I Am Not Angry, and I am joined uh, with my good friend, Jared. We've known each other. How long have we known each other, Jared? You just mentioned it, since 19... January 1999, yeah. yeah Thanks for is... having me. I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. We, we are just two friends who have known each other for... Now, we've discussed the bulk of our life now, yeah, yeah. which is crazy. To think because yeah, we, we are, we are, we are to the point in our life where we no longer worry about trying to be cool. No, I, uh, I've already established how cool I am. Yeah, neither it's one of us. Not very cool. Uh, we're both dads, which means <laughs> we are no longer cool. No, we we are out of the the cool club. Um, in nobody's circle, are we cool? No, no, nobody's circle. <laughs> are we cool? I think the second that your child is born your card that says i am cool they come and they're like you have to hand yeah, that you gotta over. give and, that back now and, yeah and you're absolutely like, no i don't i feel like nope yeah. you have to everything you wear now is no longer cool if no. you're wearing ripped jeans it's no oh, longer cool. so get out of the ripped jeans dude get, get yeah. out of the get out <laughs> put those, of the put those back on the shelf yeah put those back on the shelf don't even no you're not allowed to walk <laughs> into those stores anymore no. stay out of route 21 yeah, stay out of there. Is that, does that even have guys' clothes? I don't, I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. I've I never, don't know. <laughs> I've never even been into one. No. Until you just mentioned that, I've never even been into one, to be honest. I've no. walked by it. Uh, I have no idea what's in there. I have no idea. That's like a Forever 21 to me. Never oh, been in no, there. no, uh, no. So When I was 21, I didn't go in Forever 21. I don't even think it existed when I was 21. We are old. Yeah. <laughs> We've established we are we, old. We've established that we are old. Wow. Uh, City Center in Columbus existed. Oh, uh, yeah. When I that was, was a good one. That was the, like the coolest mall in the world. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You remember? The glass elevators were just amazing. They were- fabulous yeah we've just aged ourselves so much yeah, right the, now there's somebody there's kids googling what in the world is city, city center, center mall city center mall in columbus what right. is that columbus i Ohio, have no folks. idea no idea and they're like short north i know what that is but <laughs> right yeah yeah they have no idea what they're missing out actually actually they it was it was better than easton i just said that it was better than easton oh i don't know Oh well, that's your go-to spot. That's your happy place. That was my go-to. That is Easton Town Center, folks. Is Scott Miller's Disney World? That was my go-to. <laughs> We're not going down that, that path was my either. No. Go-to uh, first date. Oh spot man, he just went there. Wow, the wow. It's it's legendary. That was yeah. That was my go-to spot. It like I said, it's your Disney World. Yes, but that's not what we're here to talk about. That is no. not what we're here to talk about. We'll edit all of that out later. That will, no, none of this will be edited oh, out. No. None of this will be edited out because guess what? I I do not edit these. Oh, these are man. unedited. Oh, my gosh. So anything you say about Jessica will be in here, so watch what you I say. I will not she say anything. She is a blessed, blessed woman to have She's you. She's a saint. She She's a, a saint. saint. She's not blessed at all to have you. No, I'm She's blessed. She's a saint. You are blessed. She will and I'll be able to stamp very soon. She, um, I, I've put her name in to be a saint at the Catholic Church. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, uh, both our wives are saints for having yes. us. Yes. So, but it is, it is good to have you. Thank you. Uh, it is, you know, I think any church, and I've said this many times, any church to have you as a pastor is just blessed. Thank you. Uh, you're at Coshocton now. Coshocton Church of God, yes. But you're on your way to West Virginia. We are transitioning to Brush Fork First Church of God in Bluefield, West Virginia. Yes, it's right on the border of Virginia and West Virginia. And so you will have to now start wearing West Virginia and Virginia Tech gear? No, no. I, I will still be a Ohio State fan. I will just be transplanted uh, into the mission field. Oh, okay. Yes, no. It'll still be it'll be still scarlet and gray for me. Okay, and they're okay with that. They're going to have to be. They already okay. voted me in. <laughs> they already voted you in. So that that's good. I am I'm so so happy for that church and happy for you guys. Uh, it's a loss for for us having you so close, but we will come and visit you at oh, some yeah. point. We're right off seventy seven. So, but it is a wonderful thing. To be a pastor, yes. and you were called. Now, when you were called to be a minister, did you accept it right away? Yes, I was. Uh, I was eighteen. 
Um, well, I'll be. I'll, I'll just say this. I was called to preach. Um, God called me to preach, and pastoring came along uh, down the road. But uh, I was 18, already graduated from um, uh, high school, and uh, I, at church camp in the middle of July. And six weeks later, I was at Circleville Bible College, now Ohio Christian University, uh, and uh, starting taking classes. And I was at freshman orientation when my acceptance letter came to my parents' house. So I was already there, moved in, taking freshman orientation classes and all of that weekend when my acceptance letter from the college showed up in my parents' house, and they were very happy they didn't have to come and get me. That Yeah, I would be happy about that, too. <laughs> right. It, and see, your story is, is so much different than mine because I, I knew I was called at an early age. Mm. I did not accept that calling until later in life. Yeah. Because when we met, uh, you were, I think, a sophomore. You were in your second year. I was no, I was in my I was in my second my second semester my freshman year when you came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I I'm, was yeah. I was already an old man. You you are I figured out you are five years older than me. Yeah. I, I was listening to one of your other podcasts. I was like, okay, he's. You're yeah. very nervous about 50 years old, I want to point out. You mentioned how close you are to 50, and you're only, what, 46, 47? Yeah. You're not exactly that close, but you are very nervous about 50 already. I probably wouldn't be as nervous <laughs> if it wasn't for the fact that I'm about to have a three-year-old. That Yeah, that's, she's going to keep you young, or she's going to age you quick. Yeah, um, I yeah. think she's going to keep me young, to I be hope honest. So. Yeah. <laughs> she's going to keep me young, because I'll tell you what, if she doesn't. Oh, man, she's going to be pushing your wheelchair, bro. But here's the thing. So I came in, and the reason I, I did not accept it, I don't know why I did it. I pushed it away, and I kept saying, well, I'll just do this, and I'll do that. And I had it in my head that money was my goal. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I was going to be a lawyer. I was going to make all this money. Yeah. And I finally accepted the call. And I can tell you where I was. I was in... I was at church. I was, I was listening. I wasn't listening. I was busy praying and, and I accepted the call yeah. and I went to Circleville Bible college. I applied, I got in and I went and I did all the rigmarole. Right. I uh, got the acceptance letter. Uh -huh. I went in, uh, I had the strangest roommate. Yes, you did. Uh, for the first semester. Yes, you did. And uh, he was never there. He was always, no. I don't know where he was, to be honest, but yeah. he uh, he was never there. And that's how we ended up meeting. Yes. Because he was never there. You guys, uh, it was us, and we had just our little group. Yeah, you were you were not straight across the hall from me. You were diagonal. You were, yeah. you were right beside Nate, who is one of our good friends. Still. Yes. He had the pop stop. Yes, and um, I had my f my my first semester freshman year, my first semester sophomore year, I had roommates. And then my f my second semester of my freshman year and second semester sophomore year, I didn't have roommates, and then then I never had a roommate again. But you know what's funny is I didn't have a roommate for the like the last couple years, but that was pointless because you guys were always in my room. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was like, I don't yeah. know why I didn't have her. I, you guys might as well have been my roommate. Well, because you, you, you were always in my yeah, room. Yeah, you had you had the hangout room. My my room was never the hangout room. We, in four years, my room was, was never the hangout place. I think my room was the hangout room because I had the coffee pot. Yep. My sister donated her old microwave to me, so I yep. had the microwave. And then somehow... Somebody gifted me a George Foreman grill for no. Christmas. Hold, hold, hold so, on, hold on, hold on about this George. When we say the George Foreman grill, we mean like the original. Yeah, the like, original, like the one that they sent the prototype to George Foreman himself. Yeah, not the not the one that you can remove plates and stick them in the dishwasher. It was huge, and it was bulky. And it was a pain in the butt to clean. Can we say that? It was. We <laughs> it always was had, terrible. So we also had hot dogs. Yes. And I don't think we ever used the microwave, but I had it. I think once in a while somebody would bring in like a bag of popcorn because 
the community microwave was gross. It was. Yeah. But anyways, let's get back to the call. So I accepted the call and back on focus when we are together. Right. We are not. But the thing that amazes me is we are two different people. Yeah. I, I probably was just unaware of what God was calling me to do at an early age because I had such a fear of speaking in front of people. Um, in high school, in junior high and high school, I hated getting up in front of the class. I hated speaking in a group. Um, so I was much more comfortable with group projects or, or things like that. So um, I would think to myself um, when I was alone, you know, that it would be really cool because both of my grandfathers were pastors at some point in time in their lives. One of my, my father's father was a pastor all of his adult life. Uh, my grandfather on my mom's side was a pastor later in life, in like his 50s and 60s. And so I grew up um, with him as my pastor as a small child. And I would think, well, it'd be really cool because it's a, it's a thing uh, that um, is in the family. And there was other people in my family that are ordained and, and pastoring even today. Um, but the 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 fear of getting up in front of people and, and, and let alone talking about anything, but something so important about God's word and God's message to people was absolutely frightening. So, um, it was, it was one of those things that, you know, I was, I was just about out of time for what I was going to go do. I had plans to go to Mount Vernon Nazarene university or college or whatever it was called at the time for music because music was a huge part of my life. And so when God, like I said, God didn't call me to pastor, God called me to preach. And I think it was, it was aimed at the, what I was most afraid of. It was what I was most fearful of as the aspect of pastoring or bringing a preacher or anything like that, a minister in any way, shape or form. He called me to what my biggest fear was. And that was getting up in front of people and preaching, talking. And, and now, um, it is my f most favorite part of being a pastor is prepping a sermon, um, laying it out, preparing it, studying it and delivering it. It is my fo most favorite part about pastoring is the preaching aspect is what God called me to do. Yeah. And you know, that's, what's amazing is I have never, like, I love getting up in front of groups of people. People are always like, how are you not? I, I individual talking one-to-one -one is not my thing. Mm -hmm. uh, talking to a group of people, the larger, the better. Right. Uh, but if I'm in front of a group of people, I love it. Now, I still get nervous. I still get nervous every Sunday morning, every, every Wednesday, any time that I'm getting up to, to preach. I still get nervous in the service. I, I don't I don't I don't set up on the stage during the service because I don't want however large or small the crowd is to see how nervous I am. Um, my my mentoring pastor when I was when I was first called into the ministry, um, I could see he would always be on stage and I could see the last like the last verse or two of the song that he would we would be singing right before he would come up and preach. He'd be so nervous that he couldn't sing the words and he was pastor there for over 20 years. Wow. And, 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 and he, and, and I've heard him and other people say, if, if you're not nervous about what you're about to do and the weight that it carries, you probably shouldn't be preaching. Hmm. I mean, so, so there's still an aspect that I'm nervous in the moment because of, yeah, there, because I don't, I don't want, I don't want whoever's going to be there. However, like I said, however big or small to, to hear anything from me. I don't want it to be me. I want it to be God working through me. So uh, I don't want to preach my convictions. I don't want to preach um, my opinion. Maybe I should say it that way. Yeah. Preach my opinion about things, but because I want it to be what God wants those people to hear in that moment. Yeah, there's a nervousness about misrepresenting the absolutely, word. Absolutely, absolutely. There's not a nervousness about speaking in front of people, but there's a nervousness about misrepresenting the word. And I think that that needs to be clarified. Absolutely. The nervousness is not the speaking in front of people, but misrepresenting the word of God. And that is something that I fear more than anything else. I don't mm. want to misrepresent what I'm about to speak. 
about. Absolutely. And that's where, you know, the, the amount of research comes in. So, yeah, I think, you know, that's where the prep comes in. If if you prep right, you're not going to misrepresent it. And if you're right. listening to what the Holy Spirit's telling you, you're not going to misrepresent it. But there is always that nervousness. What if I oh, sure. say something yeah. wrong? Um, do, you, do you have, like, a weekly, like, schedule? Because because Thursdays for me, I, I try to block out Thursdays for it to be my my sermon day where where whether i'm doing a series or whether i'm doing um kind of like a i'm in between series and doing like a standalone sermon to kind of cleanse the palate after maybe a four six eight week series um i'll do two or three sermons that are that don't really connect to anything previous or anything coming up um but my thursdays i go in and, and that's where I take the outline that I, I might even just have in my head or the, the thought or the progression that I think that it's going to um, go down is, is where I because I because I'm still I'm still old school. Steve McGuire would be so proud. I'm still full manuscript. <laughs> um, uh, so yesterday was manuscripting out the my Mother's Day sermon. That is coming up for this week. So you actually do a Mother's Day, Father's Day. I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I will be. We can go through my church calendar. I mean, we can because because I usually, I don't I don't preach. I don't duplicate sermons. Yeah, but, I don't either. But but I will, but I will, um, you know, like if we if we started at Advent, going to Christmas, and then right after, you know, kind of cleanse, you know, I'll, I'll do mm-hmm. maybe some aspect of the life of Christ. Um, then, um, some teachings or some miracles or some events in, in, in his ministry that will lead us basically all the way up to, uh, the Palm Sunday and then Easter, obviously. And then usually, um, you know, the, the ascension or then, then, then the, then Pentecost, I mean, you, you, you hit through those church calendar, um, kind of sermons, um, Mother's Day. I do start. I I honor because I I want to respect and honor the mothers. My mother, my wife. You know, so I do a Mother's Day, and then in between Mother's Day to Father's Day is kind of like a a family kind of feel to it, like a fa- maybe a family series. Or, you know, going through. Um, either switching from Old Testament to New Testament, what Paul says about family and, 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 the, and the importance of family, uh, Christian family, or, or go through, you know, Abraham's family or Isaac or Jacob and go through those and, and, or, or uh, David into Solomon into some of the kings that, that come down somewhere in through there. Um, and then, of course, we, you know, after Father's Day is kind of like this, like this break. Um, because then you're obviously into summer breaks and then you people are hitting or missing with, with vacations. And, um, of course, still in Southeast Ohio, we have two Sundays in July that, um, we don't have church because we're at camp meeting. Uh, so there's really no reason to start really anything from father's day to camp meeting where there's going to be right, right. a break in it. So, uh, in my mind is usually, um, it's kind of mapped out in advance. Um, of course, this year is very different because I'm transitioning from Coshocton to West Virginia. So right, yeah. So yeah, I usually in and I've I've changed it up. Uh, I usually starting with Christmas, I go through the whole Christmas story. Which mm-hmm. this is to me the the most difficult thing is. So you have Christmas and you're trying to make it new every year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every year you're trying to bring something new to it. And then you go from Christmas. And when I try to transition from Christmas to Easter, I I used to always, and I'm not doing it as much. I didn't do it so much this year. I tried to do something a little newer where I sprinkled in all the Gospels uh, instead of doing one. Uh-huh. I used to try to go through one whole Gospel between... Right. Right. The new year to Easter. Uh-huh. 
And this year I said, no, let's try to just go through the life of Christ through. Okay. And so I'm trying to change it and see how I like that. And then this year I did, like, I'm going through New Beginnings. Uh, It's a four-week series uh, where, of course, we we didn't have church last Sunday because of a COVID outbreak. Mm. So, and so, but, uh, so usually what I'll do is Sunday evening, I go over the scripture that I'm going to be going over, and I let that marinate. And then usually on my day off, I'll block off half that day to go over everything, uh-huh. mark out the scripture that I want to use yeah. and figure out how do I want to fit all of this in, go through it, figure it out. And then once I've got that figured out and go through it, on my, it will change multiple times, oh, sure. yeah. multiple yeah. times. Yeah before I actually hit the platform Sunday morning. Now, uh, I, I am usually at the church at 8 o'clock, 8.15, before 9.30 Sunday school and mm-hmm. 10.30 church. So, yeah. and, and I will, even from Thursday, when I, when I feel good about where it's at, it'll still be something that is floating in my mind, floating um, Friday, Saturday, and then when I get back over there, kind of go back over it again. Um, right now, my Mother's Day sermon is printed and laying on my desk. And that's that's rare, but I can almost guarantee you that between when I get there at 8 o'clock on, Saturday, on Sunday morning to when I leave my office to go to the sanctuary, I will reprint it because I've changed it, some aspect of it. Um, and, uh, and, and you said, you know, when you were talking about Advent, the, the sermons and the and the Sundays that make me no, most nervous, we talk about nervousness, but the ones that make me nervous about actually delivering are the Christmas ones, the Thanksgiving ones, the Mother's Day, the Father's Day, the Easter ones, because my church, my Christians that have been Christian longer than I've been alive, they know what's coming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how am I going to make it Maybe not new, but at least on this day, refreshing that they will want to pay. That that's the ones where I will I will say to my church, I'm more nervous today than any other Sunday because you know what I should be saying, and you know where I should be coming from. The Sunday before Christmas, or if Christmas is on a Sunday, you know I'm coming from Luke chapter two, and how am I going to keep you involved and invested in this? That's that's what. Those are the hardest ones. Do you go word by word from your manuscript? Um, no, because like I said, when I get there on Sunday, I'm kind of refreshing myself to it. That that um, because and I'm also a walker. I I don't stand behind the pulpit and preach just from the pulpit. I'm usually walking around. So there's been Sundays where I've laid the Bible down, I've read the text, and I've laid the Bible down, and I might come back to my manuscript and turn pages to get caught where I'm supposed to be to get back on track, maybe one time. And there's times where I might do more reading straight from the manuscript. I don't like that because it feels like I'm reading something to them instead of preaching through the power of the Holy Spirit. So there's times where I'm kind of back and forth, but no, I'm not. I don't read word for word. And um, and sometimes in in the moment, I, I it will go it will go a different direction. And in the moment, I will follow... Um, a thought or something that has come to me that um, that will take me maybe away from a different aspect of where I thought it was going to go, and I'll follow that. And, and I will um, finish, head back to my office, and then, you know, pages two, three, four, five, or four, five, or whatever never got shared because I went somewhere down the line. It went a different direction in the moment. So, um I've sat under pastors that just looked up long enough to look at you and and stayed right on manuscript mm-hmm. and I and I've and I've and we know and I know you are not a manuscript everything's written out and so 
So no. you, you, I, I, I don't know. Do you, do you, what do you take? What do you take to the pulpit? My Bible. Your Bible. <laughs> and not one more piece of paper. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> See that would that would really make me nervous if I had, if I had. So what? Th- th- this is the story. I used to. I I tried several different things. I tried notes. I tried bullet points. I tried up. Here's what I discovered. Bullet points. I'd stumbled over them. Okay. And finally, I I was reading different books. I read different things. We've read. I know you've read them. I've read them. We've all read, who knows, multiple books on preaching styles. Yeah. Yeah. And years ago, five, six years ago, I was reading Andy Stanley. And Love Andy Stanley. He was talking about the power of memorizing your sermon. Okay. And I thought, why did I never think of this? Because I would always stumble over my notes, or I would stumble over my manuscript, or I would stumble over. And so I started memorizing it. Mm-hmm. And the thing about memorizing it, and the thing that I realized, is I can change it on the fly a lot easier. Oh, sure. Yeah. And... Yeah. If I felt like I needed to change something, I could do it. And the only time I'll take something up with me is if I'm having trouble remembering a quote or something. Okay. And the one thing I'm, I'm going to try to learn to incorporate is we're starting to use uh, PowerPoint a little more. And so I'm going to try to incorporate that more and learn to incorporate that better. Mm-hmm in my sermons and so we are working on that uh autumn and i together mm-hmm. and i'm going to use that in the, my next sermon series a lot more okay so i started using the power of memorizing them and i think that made them a little better i don't stumble as much as i used to because, but, right, because if you if you've watched Andy Stanley on YouTube, he has he has a monitor, basically it's a large screen TV. Yeah, that he references points or he put, or they will put scriptures as he's reading them on the screen, and he literally has nothing up there with him. I don't. I right, mean, there's yeah. not even there's not even like a, a stand. I wouldn't even call it a pulpit. There's not a pulpit. There's not a stand. Yeah. I think there might be like like a like a stool that he might have like a bottle of water sitting on. Right. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, he has he has nothing up there with him. Right. That would make me feel naked. Yeah. That would be really I also, uncomfortable. I don't know if you've if you've ever heard of uh, there's there's a guy named Levi Lasco. Lasco. I'm, I'm not sure how you pronounce the last name. I apologize. I think it's Lasco or Lasco. I'm not sure. Levi Lasco. And I found him about a year and a half ago, two years ago. Absolutely love him. He takes, it's like he takes his Bible and then he like takes all this other stuff out with him and he puts it out on this table. I'm like, dude, how much stuff are you taking with you? <laughs> right. Okay. I'll check him out. Yeah. Check he's, him out. he's I, I like him a lot. I, what's funny is his wife is with him and he, sometimes she'll do the, the speaking. And okay. He's another one I listen to and okay. enjoy. Yeah. And uh, he, I'll watch him on YouTube every now and again, but usually I'll just, I'll listen to the, uh, the podcast version of his church. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, speaking of that, who do you listen to? Cause I listen to several different sermons throughout the week. I'll listen to you. I listen yeah. to Levi. I try, I don't listen to Andy, not as much anymore. Cause he's not, doing as many sermons. I used right. to listen to Andy. Right. Um, but I have a, a handful of people that I listen right. to throughout the week that I try to. I don't get to as much as I used to. But do you listen to anybody on a regular basis? Um, I do. I listen to I listen to yours. Um, and folks, when he says he listens to mine, he I will get a text. I will get I will get a reference that he's already listened to mine when I'm at the restaurant on Sunday afternoon. Like, I mean, you must hit play on mine when you're still praying at the end of your service. Because I'll be at the restaurant and he'll text me or some reference. Or if I if I reference him or if I reference something from college, if that's one of my illustrations is something from college, a story, um, I will get a text back from him 
sometimes it's literally one o'clock. It's one thirty, and you've already you're already referencing. You're already texting me. I mean, it's just like, man, you must you. I do listen to yours. I listen to uh, my mentoring pastor at the church that uh, I I grew up at. I listen to his. I listen to a friend of mine. Um, uh, and he's pastoring in Kentucky. Um, I was listening to another friend of ours from college that was out on the West Coast uh, because I, you know, because his church was starting. I mean, he was out in Oregon, uh, so um, so his would start at like one thirty or two o'clock, and and I was already home comfortable. And if the Browns were losing by then, I would st- just quit watching the Browns and start. I'd just watch his entire church service in the middle of Sunday afternoon. Um, what, the 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 pastor that I referenced in Kentucky, he um he is borderline perfectionist, and so he will watch himself every Monday or Tuesday, and he will critique and he will grade himself like we used to do in pulpit speech, right? Uh, and and um and I have told I told him I was like I don't I don't ever listen to mine again, I don't I don't like hearing my voice, I don't like I don't. Because I because I will want to be perfect and I will and I will catch all of my mistakes. I will catch all of my mannerisms that I hate seeing myself do uh, in front of people. So, uh, and he has challenged me to, um, how are you going to be a better speaker if you don't if you stop critiquing yourself if you stop watching yourself? So that is something that I'm going to try to do more of, um, to to keep evolving and te- and keep. Um, growing as a speaker so uh, I don't know if you also li- go back and listen to yours as well but I do every now and again and and here's the thing when you do that there's certain things I've caught one of the things that I caught that I used to do that I don't do anymore is I used to instead of pausing to think uh, I used to say um a okay. lot uh-huh. and I caught myself I was like um I don't want to do that so i don't do that near as often now so i've stopped doing that but and i've also learned to slow down more okay because i used to speak a lot faster okay so there is you know and and i've learned that my voice isn't that bad it, it it's it really isn't and i've learned because i hear myself through the monitors anyways. Some people okay. are like, well, yeah. you, how do you listen to yourself? It, it's not that bad. Okay. It really isn't. In fact, I've come to enjoy my voice and I am now a narcissist. Well, the- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that wasn't a large leap for you, Scott. No. Um, the, we, we have recorded, uh, we have been recording, uh, obviously we've been Facebook live. I think a yeah. lot of churches are Facebook live or YouTube or whatever your, your, your platform is through COVID. Um, and so um, that is that is my cell folks that is my cell phone on a tripod in the corner of the sanctuary. Uh, so when when um, I've got I've got to start that and then and then when I get done I got to go turn it off or we're going to have the entire all the announcements and all the other things on there and that that drives me nuts. So um, so I can I can easily go back or listen to the CDs, uh, either one. But uh, that's something that I that I want to do, want to start doing to to you know uh, keep keep growing as a speaker. So yeah, and, and you know I think it's better as a speaker if you do it to yourself or oh, yeah. have somebody yeah. you trust right. do it because if you have. If you have other people do it who may not like you, you're going to get bad advice. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And you know what I find interesting is, is so we, we both, speaking of it, we both had uh, Dr. McGuire. Yep. But we have two distinctly different styles of speaking. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You are this very much storyteller when yes. you preach. Yes. Yes. I do not tell stories. I couldn't tell a story to save my <laughs> life. I mean, I will, I will yeah. insert a story in my sermon every now and again. No, I, 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 um, and that I think comes from my dad. If you knew my dad, he loved to tell stories. And so, um, 
and it also comes from I think my storytelling comes from um, my undiagnosed OCD and my undiagnosed ADD or ADHD that I probably w- should have been on medicine as a kid <laughs> um, because there's a lot of times where um, I will I will bring the sermon from the aspect of how I thought about this the 47th time I heard this passage being preached or being taught in junior church or Sunday school or vacation Bible school and so I will I will bring um, my sermon from the aspect of maybe a bystander in the in the passage or what were I try to I try to make the people in the Bible as personable as possible because they were all humans. And so what were they thinking when they saw this? What were what were they feeling when they heard this? Or, you know, how, how does this apply to us? Because how did it apply to them? So, um, so I will bring up in my sermon the questions or the thoughts that I was, I had checked out of what was happening in the service or what was happening in junior church that Sunday. And I will, I will ask the questions that I would be like, I would be thinking at 8, 9, 10, 11 um, that, okay, I've heard this, but what about this aspect of this passage? And so um, without without diving into a sermon or a passage of Scripture, it's just kind of um, we've heard this. I'm not, I'm not preaching from the gospel that you've never heard from. Or I'm not preaching from a book that you've never heard from. Or I'm not preaching from a passage of scripture that you probably in your 40, 50, 60 years of being in church have not heard multiple times. So I think that's also where kind of where the the aspect of not reinventing the wheel, but maybe looking at it in a different point of view um, or challenging us to maybe see something that we may not have seen before. Um, because, you know, like I said, these, these passages or these sermons or these, these times in the calendar, church calendar, you know, what's coming. So let's look at it maybe from somewhere else and, and, and sharing the stories or sharing the, um, the aspect from a different place is something that I really like doing. Um, but we, we sat under the same professor that, wanted us to do it the same way and we have we have in aspects gone our own separate ways um, and we come at it from different points of view in different places and I don't think there's anything wrong with that no I don't think I, there is either. I I like to, I, I couldn't tell a story to save my life like the way you do and and that's okay absolutely you know I I go it as more of a teaching aspect. See, my, my, I'm sorry, I just, I just cut you off. My wife has challenged me in the last week. I'm serious. My wife has challenged me in the last week that to come from maybe not the Sunday morning from more teaching, but maybe um, Wednesday night or Bible study or something mm-hmm. like that for more of a teaching aspect. And that, to me, feels like she wants me to learn a different language. Because when I when because I don't always do Wednesday night because sometimes I'm in the youth room because there's no one else to do youth on that Wednesday night and so she's doing Wednesday night or somebody else in the church is doing Wednesday nights and they will teach. Right. I come in and do Wednesday nights and I'm 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 one small step away from preaching a sermon. You know, I mean, I might share a devotional that could really turn into a sermonette. <laughs> and, right. And so and so she's kind of like challenging me to become more of a teaching style um, and and bringing that to um, I don't know if I want to, if I want to say my repertoire but uh, right. but but having but growing that as well and and right now that feels very foreign because I don't feel like a teacher you know I don't right. feel like I have that talent to teach uh, I just share from the heart and so it's 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 hard yeah, and that you you know trying to step out of your comfort zone can be a very difficult Absolutely. thing. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But sometimes that's how we grow. Absolutely, you know, we grow when we step out of that comfort zone and we say, "I'm going to try this, and I'm I'm going to do my darndest to do it." Right. And right. and that's the thing. And you know, speaking of youth, we both started out as youth pastors. Most Absolutely. pastors do. Yeah. Absolutely. You loved it. You thrived in it. 
for years. Yeah, I, I um, well, we graduated the same year. We graduated in two thousand two from from Circleville, yeah. Ohio Christian Bible College University. The, did you like that? I just mixed them all up. I just yeah. mixed it all in there. Um, and so I stayed in Circleville. We both stayed in Circleville. Yeah. Uh, I just stayed one more year. I had a roommate. I had an apartment with uh, one of our friends, um, and he was. We were getting close to the end of the lease, and he was feeling like he wanted to go back on campus because he had not graduated yet. For his senior year, he wanted to go back on campus, and and that kind of left me in a place where, okay, what am I going to do? And my mentoring pastor, um, the one that was I just mentioned that was there for like 20 plus years at the church that I grew up at, he called me one day and said, hey, come and meet me for lunch. I said, yes, sir. Okay. What time? And I met him and he said, our current youth pastor is getting ready to get married and she's marrying a guy from the military and they're moving to North Carolina, they, which I didn't realize it was Camp Lejeune. They were going to Camp Lejeune. And, um, it's time for you to come home and get into ministry. And I said, yes, sir. And so, (laughs) so, uh, I moved back, um, back that direction, back toward home, back toward Zanesville and, um, jumped right in. Uh, and, um, I absolutely loved it because I always had a really good connection with my youth leaders. Um, at different times, multiple different youth leaders in my 12 to 18 years, uh, teenage years. Um, I always connected. I always had a great time with my youth. I loved being in youth. I might not always been the best representation of a Christian teenager, but um, I I felt it was extremely important that, that youth group and church is extremely important because it it shaped me and molded me and... and um, so yeah, so I jumped in that and I absolutely loved it. Hmm. I I remember I got drafted into youth. I remember this very well. Uh, I was getting ready to graduate, and uh, I cannot remember his name. But anyways, he came to me, and he said, "Hey, there's an opening. Uh, why don't you apply for it at?" the Wesleyan church in Lancaster. Like, ah, I'm not really looking for youth, but I'll pray about it. famous last words. Right. Yeah. So I prayed about it. I was like, okay, you know what? I feel like I'm, I'm led to it. I came to it. I think it was like six. I did it for like six months. And that is how I got into the Wesleyan church because before that I was three CU right. and uh, it wasn't a large leap from three CU to yeah. Wesleyan. Uh, it's kind of like Church to God to Wesleyan. It's not a large leap. No, it's not. Uh, a lot of the basic same beliefs. There's a few differences. Um, that's a different podcast. That's a different <laughs> podcast. There's a few differences, but we. I, I made the leap into the Wesleyan Church. Never went back to the 3CU. And I remember it wasn't that I hated it. It just wasn't for me. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, you know me. Yeah. I'm not youth pastor material. We're going back to this idea that, that God calls different people. Absolutely. To the ministry. You are, you were built for the youth ministry. You are a wild, crazy guy. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and, and I, I still I, think it's extremely, extremely important now, uh, now that I have a 15 year old and a 12 year old. That, like I said, there's times where I will I will be prepared to lead Bible study, and there's that no one shows up to take my kids to the youth room, and so they're either going to have to listen, sit with the adults and listen to me, or I'm going to go take them to the youth room and somebody else is going to have to cover the adults, and I will choose I will choose taking them to the youth room and somebody else covering for the adults, nine times out of ten. Yeah, because, um, because at fifteen and twelve, I would have hated being in Wednesday night Bible study. It'd have been the most boring thing. And and now that they have, they both have cell phones and they both have access to something that can distract them from listening. I'm gonna I'm gonna do everything I can to interact with them and 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 do something that's going to keep their attention, even if it's even if it's 
off the top of my head, even if I have to completely wing it and I have nothing to go off of, I will I will take them to you through so we can they can have that they maybe they can have a glimpse of what I had growing up in a youth group because it's it was so important to me. Yeah. Absolutely. And like I said, you you're this you're the wild crazy guy. I am not that wild crazy guy. I am I don't know how to describe myself. Well, I don't I don't but, know if I uh, my ADD is is not refilling as fast as it used to, but but I I I would have no problem with taking kids to the state youth convention tomorrow. I I loved it, you know, taking them to a weekend youth retreat or a weekend we just did a weekend youth retreat and I got like 2 hours of sleep in 3 days. Yeah, I can't do that. I mean it well it was Thursday before I woke up again when I got home on Sunday. I mean it was you know, it was 4 days of recovery but the, the funny story. I can I can remember in college we would be up 2 3 in the morning, get up, have breakfast at yes. like 7:30. Yes. No big deal. I cannot do that. I literally went and watched a movie with a friend got home at two in the morning woke up at like seven in the morning because bell woke up and i was like i felt like i got hit by a mac truck i'm like what in the world happened i used to do this all the time all the time all the time yes. I, yeah this is one night yeah i feel like i got hit by a yeah. mac truck let, let me uh, folks let me pull back the curtain on this podcast for just a second. He's he's invited me to do this. Well, he's invited me to be here. He has no idea what I'm about to say. <laughs> this guy, this guy, we've already talked about, had the coffee maker and the George Foreman and the microwave that was mostly clean. This guy would make a pot of coffee at 1130 at night. And I'm not talking decaf or that half-calf that is, that is sacrilegious. Um, he would make the strongest cup of coffee on campus – at 11.30 at night, and we would sit in his room until midnight, sometimes later. Sometimes we'd go into the wee hours. But he would he would take us, he would finish his cup of coffee, kick us out, ask us to turn the light out as we're going out the door. He's getting into bed, and I'm pretty sure most of the time he was asleep before the door shut. I would be awake at 4 o'clock staring at the ceiling in my room, angry at him because he made me drink coffee at 11.30, and I still wasn't asleep yet, knowing that my alarm was going to go off in a couple of hours. This guy could drink coffee in the middle of the night and be asleep before his head hit the pillow. I'm not sure if that's still the case for you, but that this was the guy that he, he might think he wasn't built for youth, but he was definitely built for coffee. Or yeah, I don't know, it might yeah, be it pumping a... in his veins. I don't know that I could still do that. I don't drink coffee at night anymore. I, I don't drink caffeine after dinner. That's how old I am. Yeah, that's <laughs> I can't I I got I gotta go to like water at, at six o'clock at night. If I drink a Mountain Dew at eight o'clock, I'm miserable the oh. next day. I can't I can't do it. I can't do it. You wanna know how bad it is for me? If I eat pizza now, I have oh. to take an antacid that night. Oh, you're one step away from a nursing home, my friend. I know. Yeah. Well, you know, this is just a recent thing. And I don't know if it's just, uh, well, I'm going to be honest. I may have just eaten one slice too many that night. Oh, okay. Okay. It may just have been one slice too much because I was like, this is really good pizza. And let's keep going. Let's just keep going because uh -oh. the electric's out and we don't really want to open the refrigerator door. Right, right. So I was trying to conserve energy. Conserve <laughs> energy. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. It was really good pizza, though. Where, where was it? It was Little Caesars. Like you really, think, like really, you wouldn't think of it being really good, but man, was it good that night? Goodness, Little Caesars. That was good. I got on the app. I ordered it before I got off work because Autumn said the electric's out. I was like, I'll order pizza. I'll get a couple things from the store. Right. Because I, unlike you, I'm bivocational. No, I'm. Yeah, I'm not bivocational. I, I. And 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 um. There's been times in my almost six years that I've been at Coshocton that maybe I need to, you know, look for something else. But, you know, the 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 schedule, finding something that's going to work on a pastor's schedule, um, 
was difficult, but also I knew that just the way I'm built, um, a second job would not affect anything in my ministry. You know, I, I would, I would, it would not let me change how I prep or how I prepare a sermon or how I pastor and shepherd the church. What it was going to take away from was my time with Jessica and the kids. Because Jessica's a teacher at the Christian school that they go to. So they're all on the same schedule. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so if it was going to be weekends or, you know, if it was going to be later in the week or all day Saturday or evening time where my second job would come in, it was going to take away from my time with with Jessica and the kids. And and it was it was it was not an easy decision because there was times where we really could have used more income. Um, but it was, it was not going to be worth missing their school plays or missing their piano recitals or missing just, just that evening time with them or that Saturday where we could go do something else. So it just, for me, it wasn't worth, um, but I know you've been at Croker pharmacy tech since, I mean, you, you were, you've had a second job or You've been bi- bivocational. You're a bivocational college student. Yes. So, um, you know, I worked on campus. You know, I worked in the library or in the computer lab or at the cafeteria. Um, and it was short hours. You were leaving campus, sometimes going all the way over back over to Lancaster working or sometimes working in Circleville. You've been this. You have been doing this. Since I've known you, yeah, I've been doing this. You've forever. been you've been running ragged, twenty hours a day sometimes. That's why I got gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> so, so actually, if, the if, gray if, hair came. Like, I don't three know years what ago. you would do. I don't know what you would do. Literally, if you were only a father, a husband, and a pastor, and not working a second job. I mean, the the amount of free time you'd be so bored. You'd be so bored. I mean, you'd just be you. You'd build you'd build a space rocket. You just yeah. to, just to, to do it. I mean, I did that and didn't have like five other side hustles. And right. Yes. True. Yeah. Yeah. So and I, have I, I, I applaud you. I applaud you because I don't. I don't think I could be the husband, the father, the pastor. And some say I'm not that great of any of those things, but. Um, well, some say I'm not great at anything. So, <laughs> so I mean, I just uh, I know something something would come up lacking, and I and I don't want it to be a husband or a father. Yeah, absolutely. No, no. yeah, the husband and the father part are the most important thing. To absolutely, me. absolutely. So, um, so I applaud you for being. Well, thank you. By vocational, okay. really, since I've known you. The uh, I'll tell you what, the the funny thing to me is like I. I was thinking about this the other day. Like I have done so many things on the side that I just start and some of them have failed and some of them, you know, have miserably failed in flames. You have watched them and we've all laughed at them. And I don't uh, care. Right. We've, we've all watched them. I think it's fun. Um, all the crazy things that I've started and done. Uh-huh. And I just think I saw this thing on TikTok. It was on TikTok or Insta reels or something. Okay. Um, or somebody said, you need to watch out for the 1980 and 90 kids because we're the kids that have been undiagnosed Absolutely. with all the crazy stuff that yeah. you 2000 kids were diagnosed with and medicated. And we were not. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I was like, what am I, Absolutely. What, what was I not diagnosed with that I have? <laughs> well, I mean, and, and when, when we get together and when, when we have more of our friends getting together, usually at scott's disney world uh east and town center or polaris now sometimes we meet there um how many times we say how thankful we were that we did not have social media when we were in college because we were undiagnosed (laughs) and we were crazy and if we had social media if we had tiktok could you imagine 60 seconds is it enough although i just got a thing where you can now do like 10 minutes i think I mean, we we would have got kicked out of a Bible college. Instagram, could you? Can you imagine? Facebook, we, YouTube. I, 
it is it is I am very thankful that we went to college and all we had was MySpace. We didn't even have that. I had a MySpace account. Yeah, but not in college. It might have been. I don't think we had it in college. Well, I, I think I'm it was t- after college. I'm telling you, man, it's a good thing we did not have. I think MySpace was after college. We're that old. Because I was a Napoleon when MySpace came out, I think. See, I mean, it's, that's what I'm saying. Could you, you know imagine? what we had in college? Roper, remember Roper? Oh, of Had course. that camcorder. I'm telling you, that's why. That's why. Remember, we were in the basement. We can't tell this story. We cannot tell this story. We were in the basement. You cannot tell this story. <laughs> no, we were in the not. chapel basement. Tornado. With a tornado and... Roper was going around asking, what year was that? Was that like 99? I think it was 99. Yeah, yeah. Because what, he was there two where, years. Where were you in the tornado year of 99? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. Something stupid. Mm. And like some people were like, we were not freaking out because it was not that. Like it was. Right. Like it was obviously like it was not a big deal. We were not freaking out. Not a big deal to the point where we were in the basement of the chapel. We snuck out and went upstairs to Johnson Hall. Yes. We we went from the basement to the second story of a building. I was trying to get of off of campus. You, yeah, you, you were trying to get to work. You were probably trying to get to Kroger's. I was trying to sneak off campus and right. got drugged down to the basement. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's how big of a deal I, I, hope, I thought it was. I hope, that, I hope that video has been burned. I hope oh that video, goodness. that VCR tape. you guys tape. got kicked out of AutoZone for that. We did get kicked out of AutoZone. That I wasn't same there day. for that. I that same day. I was not there for that, but I remember watching it. He brought that because he was doing a report for a class. <laughs> so what it was. And so it was there for an entire week. Oh, my goodness. And I hope that VCR tape's been burned. <laughs> Man, are we off track. We are off track. We are so off track. But that Roper, I don't think of him very often, but every now and again... Because we will take the back road to get to Cincinnati, yeah. to Kings Island. We will literally go through his hometown. Wilmington, yeah. Wilmington yeah. and yeah. drive by. I'm 90% sure it's his church. Not 100% sure because I haven't been to that church for ever. But I'm pretty yeah. sure it's his church. The Bible Baptist up on yeah. the hill. Yeah, up on the hill. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm, I'm like, I wonder if he's... Still there? I'm pretty sure he oh, is. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I would be surprised if he was. Yeah. Um, we actually were in earlier this week. Jessica and I were in Kentucky, and we went past on 71. We went past Wilmington. The Wilmington exit, and I was just thinking about Roper there. You know, on yeah. Tuesday coming home. Yeah, because yeah. we we will take. I don't know about you guys, but a lot of times we take the back roads just because it's it's a lot more fun. Uh huh. Uh, to take, you see different things, and we take the back roads when yeah. we go places. Uh-huh. To doesn't take any longer. We've discovered ninety percent of the time. Yeah. So we just that's what we do. Sometimes our GPS will just take us some wacky route. Uh, that we just have to fix because we don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> uh, that's a glitch in the system. Julio and I one day. When we were, this was, this was 2002, 2003, uh, when we were still, I was still in Circleville, we decided, we, we decided the night before, let's get up and let's go to Josh's church. Oh, okay. Oh, oh okay. We got, we got up on a Sunday morning and we were like, we're going, we're going to Wilmington. We're I hope going. you took your King James. We, <laughs> well, we, we showed up and we, and, and of course, you know, the door greeters, the highs and the, Hey, you're new here. Hi. And we walked in and we're like, Oh, we're here to surprise a friend. Oh, like, Oh, okay. Who, who is it? And neither one of us could think of his name. <laughs> How many times have we just called him Roper on this podcast? And we're like, who are you talking about? Yeah. What is this guy's name, Roper? We had nicknames in college. For everybody. For everyone. I remember calling your house because there were five Jareds in the dorm. Yes. And so we called all of you by your last names. Last names, names, yep. And I remember calling your house one day, and I just said, is Mitchell there? And I never gave it a second thought. Yeah. Because that was before the day of cell phones. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, cell phones were around, but 
not everybody had them. No, right, right. And I remember calling your house, and I, probably because we were going to get together at some point, uh-huh. and we had to make sure where everybody was going to be at a certain time. Right. And so I called your house, and I said, is Mitchell there? And your dad had answered. It was one of the few times your dad answered. He must have been home alone. Yeah, not your mom. <laughs> right. Because um, if it was your mom, she would have just said, oh, hey, Scott. Right. And, and, and you would have talked been for 30 minutes. 30 right. minutes yeah, and then 30. hung up the phone. And you may you or may not have been home. Right. I would have never found out. Right, no. Um, but your dad answered. He goes, we're all Mitchells We're here. all Mitchells here. <laughs> That sounds like that sounds like my dad. I, yeah, I'm going to guess that was not the first time he'd ever said that. No, I would come home from college and the phone would ring and he'd be like, "Oh, Jared's here." Apparently, nobody called my parents if I was not there. So <laughs> the phone's ringing. Jared must be here. Um, no, that that so that so was we, the we greatest had, answer I ever got. Oh yeah, yeah. So we would we would have chapel check in. And mm-hmm. us on the on the RA staff would have to take turns, and and the guys would be marking off the guys' names as they came into chapel, right? Right. And so my friends would come in, and I'd have to like double take or triple take. I'd be like, "What is Roper's real name? I can't because Roper's not going to be on this check-in list. I have to let me let me think let me think of what 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 is Scooter's real name? What is yeah." You know, Absolutely. Do you Ruckus remember or, the you know, chapel Ruckus. we had when they were doing the name change on the chapel? Oh, and yes. they were like yes. drilling. I mean, they yes. were hammering. Yeah. And you couldn't hear a thing. And it was like louder than loud. Oh, gosh. It was echoing in, in there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And who was it? Was it Larry? Larry Olson. Olson. He's, he's retired retire. this year. <laughs> we're having the same thoughts. Yeah. He's he's getting ready to retire. Yeah, that's congratulations, Larry. Congratulations. Yeah. I don't think he listens, but congratulations. Hey, man, he'll start. Maybe he Someone will. Someone will get a hold of him. Hey, they're talking about you on there. Yeah. Right. Probably not, but no. we can dream. But thanks to the five people that do listen. Right. God bless you all. Um, no, we, we went through the we went through the song service, right? We sang our songs mm-hmm. and yeah, we'll we'll have another podcast about the song services in chapel one one of these days. Because those were fun times too. But as soon as the guest speaker, I mean, it wasn't even someone from staff. No, it was it was like they brought in somebody from somewhere in the world, and 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 they were just getting ready to start preaching, and all of a sudden, this this drilling on the back. So it would have been like on the back side. It was right behind right the stage, behind. right behind, right the, behind the pulpit, right behind this guy, and it sounds like somebody is trying to dig their way through this brick building. And it was echoing in that chapel because the chapel had really good acoustics, and so it's just ringing through there, and you can't you can't hear yourself think. And and Larry Olson gets up and runs out the back door in fr- in, in front, front of, of the everybody. stage, right in front of everybody. Runs out the back door, and and then it gets louder because he <laughs> opens the door to the outside. <laughs> And now it just sounds like a tank is driving through the side of the chapel. Uh, and he's trying to get their attention. Now he's screaming as loud as he can to get over the sound of the drill that is drilling in the brick and concrete of this building. And it was it was one of the most classic moments. Oh, so classic. Yeah. And, and finally he's like, you have to stop. We're having church in here. <laughs> We're having chapel in here. But no, it was it was awesome. It, it was, was so good. One of the best. I loved it. Oh yeah, I loved it. So so good. But listen, in all honesty, thanks for stopping by. Oh no, I, man, it's been fun. I've been so excited for this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad we got it in before you moved. Yes. I I wish you guys the best. We're praying for you. We're praying you. for your church Thank in you. West Virginia. We're praying for the West Virginians. And you get people from Virginia in that church, too. Is that right? right? Because when we went down to Candidate um, in January, um, the, the pulpit chairman guy, the chairman of the pulpit committee search team, um, picked us up and was driving us around with his wife and showing us, you know, showing us all the highlights of uh, Princeton and Bluefield and, and Brush Fork and all these different places. But, yeah, half the church lives in Virginia. 
half the church lives in West Virginia. We're actually going to rent a house that's in Bluefield, Virginia, though the church is in West Virginia. Okay. But he, as we were going to the church to meet with the public committee, uh, he made the joke that, hey, I can park on our church property where the front seat, me and you, can get out in Virginia and the back seat can get out in West Virginia. Wow. So the church property literally is on the border. Amazing. Of the state line. I mean, it is it is right there on. <laughs> so uh, it has different aspects of, you know, I mean, not just learning everybody, you know, and their names and, you know, but also are you in Virginia and will you be doing Virginia doctors and Virginia hospitals? Or do you live in West Virginia and you'll be doing West Virginia doctors and West Virginia hospitals? So when somebody calls and says, hey, so-and-so's going something's happened and they're going to the ER, I've got to figure out what state they're going to be in. Right. <laughs> so. and, and you know what's crazy right now? I mean, I, it's so frustrating to me right now with COVID. I, we can't even get into the hospitals. Right, yeah, that's that's really the for, – for as a pastor and, of course, as family members, um, not being able to be there, you know, not yeah. not be able to go in um, is, is just the worst. Um, uh and I hope that I hope that changes soon because yeah that, I do too yeah because because I want to be there for them and they 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 want to know that uh, that they're not alone I mean as scary for whatever reason that you're in the ER or whatever reason you're in the hospital overnight just you know for a test or for a procedure um, I can't imagine how scary it is to be in that situation and then yeah. to feel like there's nobody there with you that yeah. you're all alone it's it's just it's just awful horrible yeah so but uh, we're praying for you we're praying Thank for you. your family Thank uh, you. hopefully the move goes smoothly and uh are you going to be driving the u-haul yourself no um no that that's probably a good thing jessica's going to be driving it <laughs> <laughs> right. probably so probably so I feel better already. Yes, absolutely. So okay, well, hey, thanks for being here, and uh, we will we will have this up and running, uh, probably Monday. All right. Thank so, you so much for having me. Uh, it the pleasure is mine. Trust me. So we will we will talk to you later. Thanks for listening, guys. As always, uh, share this on all your social medias. And we will talk to you guys later.